0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Everybody to the tag you podcast I'm Ray Ray and I am Dave and it's like whoa we've just done back, we're doing back-to-back shows back to, back to back to back to back shows so this again, is so cool we've never done anything yeah, we so have. I
1: think we've done three shows in a day one time but we didn't do it exactly like this so this is this is fun I mean yeah. it's a challenge and it's like good work yes. you know uh this will be we will break a record though like Longest show we've ever done. Longest, longest live feed we've ever done.
0: Facebook live feed ever done. So yeah, again, uh, for the people that pick up on the podcast, um, this is probably a week later um, from you know the original uh, recording of this. But we do record live on Facebook. So if you ever, if you're just listening to us on the podcast, you can get catch us on uh, most Mondays um, when we do uh, go live on Facebook and interact with us. So you know, we'd like a you know, we, we kind of like all the worlds that we exist in as far as YouTube, where I post the videos up. Uh, um you know the podcast is kind of our main baby that we like to make sure that we're delivering content because we know that you guys have phones and ipads and all that kind of stuff you're riding in your car um you you know might have time to be able to listen to something so you know we we like the podcast the best um, but we also like live interaction that we've been getting um, especially lately too we thank you guys for doing that so oh my goodness, um, we kind yes. of exist thank in a you, few different you. formats just to make sure that you know we're getting the gospel out and we want to include as many people as we can um, in on this so you know it's not for our fame but it's for the gospel and you know we're just taking uh, the technology for what it is if, if we are offered it um, you know we are doing all things to the glory of God um, in that so you know we thank all of you who support us, uh, no matter what format um, you're listening to us on, and interacting us with us through. So, but yeah, so we are coming back um, on the same day, but you know, for the podcast again, a different week, and uh, we've got another show uh, for you. We want to maybe introduce like a new like we have meme theology yeah um if we do this enough i might have to come up with another theme song and cool little (laughs) intro anyway um and it'll also be something else stolen from a certain particular uh guy we like and uh you know meme theology is something that i actually got from uh james white
1: Ah, really? I didn't know. So you you uh, had like the
0: what do you meme guy that came out, which was totally horrendous because he ended up with Vocab Malone and doing the whole Islamize Me thing, which Mm -hmm. was really sad to see that, you know, somebody that was doing something so cool uh, with memes and that was like his shtick was to deal with memes. You know, what do you meme was his his thing. And then that happening, um, you know, reputation wise and. Horrible, apologetic-wise to do anyway. So um, with this new thing, um, you know, "Pulpit Crimes" was a book that James White uh, wrote. Yeah, love that book. In fact, actually,
1: (laughs) you know, First Baptist Buffalo, as we move into transitioning to a plurality of elders, that's one of the required texts for people to read. I just bumped my microphone. That's what that was. Making sure (laughs) Uh, is going to be "Pulpit Pulpit Crimes" because it's such a powerful piece. Piece, I think every pastor should read it. In fact, I think that it should be a textbook for many preaching yeah, and I know, pastor uh, classes. Yeah, and I think so D.A. Uh,
0: Carson has a book called Exegetical Fallacies as well that would probably be uh, something um, good, especially since it's D.A. Carson. If you really, really want to pound somebody in the eye sockets, <laughs> you can give somebody D.A. Carson on that. I think uh, that's what I like about James White in a way. He's a little bit more, uh, it relates to me more. He knows how to speak to like my lingo, I guess, maybe more than D.A. Excellent is like, writer. D.A. is excellent. Da is excellent, but like it Dr. is doctoral. Doctor White yeah. is
1: by my. This is just my summary. Easy theological reading as far as you can understand it, and it's it's accessible, and it's written in a way that people can understand. It. That's oh, so, why I like. I mean, so if, you're if I talking
0: read about like like the ESV or something, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff that you can read. And and I know that you know his writing style is something certainly. I have tried to emulate. That's why I have the same mentor in seminary that he had. So
0: yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, I was I reminded that of that case, here today. Like the NASB, or yesterday. I forgot about that. Uh, he's he's an advocate for the NASB That's since right. he was on the uh, committee anyway. But anyway, yeah, I just uh, you know. So we're gonna steal uh, another piece hey, of jargon from you know. Him. This is such a good and, piece though because yeah.
1: there's so many sermons and so many now because of COVID. We have this expansive, massive library of all these preachers behind the pulpit saying things that are oftentimes, and I'm not trying to be negative, trying to be honest, they say things. I make the mistake at times. I have not been a perfect preacher in the handling of God's Word, but we're called to a higher standard, right? Those who speak with authority from behind the pulpit are held to a higher standard. Those who are who are teachers, God will hold them accountable for the things that they say and those that they mislead. And so that's why this is such an important thing. I like the idea. I think we should probably run with it. Yeah. yeah, and, so, you know,
0: and, and to put this, so yeah, keeping that pulpit crime uh, type of mentality and we in no way um, with, the, with the person we're going to deal with tonight, as far as we know now, um, we will treat this as a brother uh, in Christ. Um, he professes christ as a savior um we're going to treat it as a brother even though we get a little uh, assertive and all that stuff but this is all done in love but this is what we need to watch out for because in jude um you know we use this as an apologetics this is why we should do apologetics type of verse but it comes with a context um and it so you know it says dear friends although i was eager to write you about the salvation we share i found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all for some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth and so you know we don't want to insinuate that the person we're dealing with in tonight is that wolfs in sheep's clothing but whenever there are crimes pulpit crimes exegetical crimes uh divide rightfully dividing the word crimes that calls into question okay is this person is this person a brother or not a brother? I need to find out, and so we're gonna we have to deal with what he teaches, and then also the person himself. If we can uh, end up getting that conversation, and I believe that this person wants to follow Christ, I believe he wants to lead people to know Christ. Um, but this would just be a deficiency in hermeneutic and um, belief in this. So this is a brotherly. Uh, scuffle I yeah, guess you can yeah and by say. the way I yeah. have
1: reached out to him I called him this afternoon to try yeah. to get a hold of him to let him know that we were dealing with a piece of his sermon that I felt was exceptionally misleading and a massive um eisegete said Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's like you know, there's things exposed in it. But you know, we do need to earnestly contend for the faith. You know, he's a pastor, so he is charged to preach the word, to rightfully divide the word. He is responsible for what he teaches because he is teaching people, because again in Ephesians it talks about how people are given the gift. And people that are pastors, elders, whatever you want to call them, um, they are to equip you to do ministry. So what they teach you is going to go into you. And then whatever you, what gets, what's into you comes out of you and into another person. And so this is how things propagate. And just church history wise, what happened between, um, you know, Christ's ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and teaching and then Rome. Yeah. And and it's just that. Steady and steady little bits and pieces off that get propagated, and then you have something completely antithetical to the original. And so this is why we do it because we want to continue to correct our theology and call each other out for repentance. To reconcile as a brother, and we that's would not what we're be doing. dealing
1: with him if we thought that he was some yeah. type of an enemy to the faith. Actually, yeah. it's very clear. James chapter three verse one: Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Yeah. Actually, what we're doing is in concern. We're doing what we're supposed to do. In fact, I would tell everyone who listens to the podcast, everyone who watches the live stream, if you hear your pastor say something that you know is not theologically sound, you need to go to him and you need to address him. You need to show him from Scripture, not from tradition, not from your feelings, but from Scripture alone that what they've said is inconsistent. And a pastor who's truthfully seeking what God has delivered in his word is going to take that correction and be like, oh my goodness, I didn't see. And I have been corrected by multiple people in my church. Not yeah. because I'm some foolish person, but because I have a people people in my church who care for me. Yeah. Like, hey, Pastor Dave, you said this, I don't think this was right. Or even I've had this happen. This person sang this song, like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. I, I just love, you know, and, and I'm going to brag on this person by name. He doesn't, he's not connected to the internet at all. Uh, James... Barclay is his name. He is, he was a former chairman of Deacons. Like time and time again, he has come up to me. Like, for example, this is a great example. Uh, we've been teaching the New City Catechism on Sunday nights, right, to our kids. He's like, I want to see it. Give me the whole thing so I can read it. If you're going to teach this to my nieces and nephews, I need to see it. Yeah. Went through the whole thing. Come back, said, This is great. The Sunday school material that we teach, right? He said, I want to see it. These are not even his children. These are his nieces and nephews. Yeah. Right? And that's how concerned he is. Uh, so many people do not la- do not have that discernment. And so, as a church person, you are to hold your elders and pastors accountable. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're to hold brothers in the faith accountable. And that's why we're going to deal yeah. with Dr. Richard Ho. Or Toe. No, no, no. This
0: Richard is t- Toe. Yeah, so in our lives right now is a tale of two Richards. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this is Dr. Richard Toe, and he is the pastor of Life Church here in Springfield. It is a four square gospel. If you don't know what that is, it is a Pentecostal denomination, um, much like uh, its very close ties to the assembly, Assemblies of God. So we're in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, if you guys don't know about Springfield, Missouri, we are the international headquarters to the Assemblies of God. I remember working there and i know that there's tied together because I, I was an order filler for things and you know the ag has its uh, version of like boy scouts and stuff and so does Foursquare and i remember filling orders for two different types of patches so they're they're enclosed ties together um they're very close to each other but it was a denomination um or fellowship or whatever they want to call themselves um that's tied to a lady named amy simple mcpherson she was sort of a, a prophetess uh she was a a a woman pastor um, in her own right. Um, she was actually lifted up as almost not in the world. She was almost kind of like a sex symbol. Um, she has uh, had infidelity in her life. Uh, there is a controversy around her that she got kidnapped, but you know, people I think know that uh, she actually went to Mexico to have an affair. Um, she's divorced a lot, but then again, is a very, if you look at the history, it's a very legalistic history. Um, As far as that goes, so you know, there's a lot um, in the church history of Foursquare. But um, I I know that uh, this guy, he's he's trying to get around, not get around, but he's trying to talk about um, things in his sermons. um, How some people believe certain things, and he's kind of speaking against it. And there's one one sermon i watched on once saved always saved which he's wrestling a misnomer that you know if he's going to charge calvinist with that's not what we believe anyway um and i would stand in i would stand in agreement with him that once saved always saved doctrine is horrible if that's the way you have it um but anyway uh, just want to deal with it it's a very person there's a there's a personal thing going on here um between um you know w- w- my understanding of him um that that there's a connection, but I saw a little clip of this sermon. So instead of showing the clip, I'm gonna we're gonna go from the real sermon video, and we'll get that uh, popped up sometime soon, um, so you can see the full sermon. But it's just the stuff at the very beginning of the sermon. Um, he makes a lot of just conversational mistakes that would lead somebody down a wrong path if they didn't get checked and they need to get checked and that's what we're going to do tonight. So he has Dr. Richard Toe. He's got the sermon from 2016 and it's I guess it's the last part in a series on um, how grace works um, where he's going to talk about faith and so he's in uh, Romans 116 talking about how the gospel is the power to salvation to those who believe and he wants to talk about faith and, and so, if you are
1: yeah. sitting in a place where you can access your bible kind of follow along and see where we go on some of this stuff i think it's yeah. going to be important yeah. so you're going to, to be do. in
0: yeah so we're tonight we're or at least in this uh, little discussion we'll be in uh yeah we'll be in romans um one and then we'll also probably we'll also be in john three to talk to so you know you can kind of bookmark your places if you want to follow us but anyway i'm going to start in about a minute and 39 seconds into the sermon and uh here we go
2: And so we kind of wrap up this morning, but Romans one beginning verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That kernel of truth, the just shall live by faith, is essential to the gospel of Christ. It is foundational to everything we believe. The context in which Paul is quoting that passage from Habakkuk uh, is that he's talking about the gospel of God and that the gospel of God is the power unto salvation. And so. He refers to salvation as he talks about... The just shall live by faith. Now, the word salvation is the Greek word, saeteria. And it's very much like the, the verb, sozo, that's translated save or saved. And one of the problems we have is people think of that as simply being born again. But that's not really, the word is not that restricted. The word includes your whole salvation. In fact, sometimes that word is translated here. Healed. some it could be translated delivered uh, that our salvation is by faith and you're going to find as i go through these one of the things that i want to get across
0: our salvation is through faith and this is something to really see because yes. right now he's saying by faith and yes. he's going to read the text and say through faith but i just right now which is that's something that we don't have to comment right now but just put it in your brains, he said by faith.
1: Well, notice oh, real, oh, yes. real quick, just notice how he begins to exegete the text. He goes to the end of the text instead of starting with it from the beginning. Right. Yeah. What he's doing here, his hermeneutic is essentially I'm going to force in this uh righteous living type of construct, this autonomous human will idea. If you have faith, it's you have faith. But before that, Paul's really clear. The power of God exists prior to faith. The power of God, the sovereignty of God, the grace of God is, again, a gift. Faith is a gift from God. It does not start with the believer. And guess what? Not everybody has that gift.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, we'll continue. Again, it's the power of God for salvation to what? To everyone who believes. To everyone who believes or, yeah, all the believing ones
2: is that faith is not just something you do to get born again.
0: Bam. Number one, listen to this. Faith is not just something you do to get born again. Are we going to hear anything about that? Faith is not just something you do to get born again or be born again.
2: But faith is something you continue in.
0: Which is true. So we continue in faith. But unfortunately here, he's going to have to end up, because he said that before all this, he's like, um, we're not going to have a real preaching tonight, more like a Bible study. Well, if we're going to have a Bible study, we need to know where you get that it's not just something you do to be born again. That's right. Referring to you being the person he's talking to. So we, we must have faith to be born again. Apparently that's implicit. Now, where is that in the text? Is he going to show us or is this just a presupposition of tradition? that he's just wedged in there with no questions asked.
2: Uh, so the just shall live by faith, not just have one experience by faith, but live that way. Agreed. So, yes.
1: Agreed completely. We're
2: talking about our whole experience with God. And, of course, being born again is absolutely essential. If you've not been born again, you must be born again. Agreed. But then, when we're born again, then we walk with God. That's right. And we get to know God and we live and have our being in Him.
0: Mm, this is, and this is what I wanted to say. Yes. Cornelius Van Til. Guy I like. Love. To read. Um, something about him was uh, somebody said about him that you didn't know whenever he was like quoting the Bible or just talking. Yeah. And so, and, and we all have this a lot, you know, we read the Bible a lot. We listen to a lot of sermons. If we're in study, things just roll off the tongue all yeah. the time. And I can't remember yeah. if it
1: was Edgar or Oliphant, one of the books. Um, gosh, I don't want to, can't remember which Vantill book it was that I'd read, and they were the editor. And they're like, "Hey, sometimes it's hard to edit Vantill because yeah. he quotes so much scripture that you don't even know." Yeah, because if you're an like, editor, you you're it. wanting yeah.
0: to like catch those little things to where exactly. you can you can uh, point people to in parentheses. You yeah, know, where I'd love to is, say that, I'd love it's, to share that was a cool yeah. editing notes. Yeah,
1: uh, either Edgar Oliphant, who had edited one yeah. of his books had said yeah. that. And it was, yeah, pretty cool. yeah,
0: and so you know, and we do that too. But what we need to realize in our conversationalism. In our in our time of conversating and and you know we're using this because I know if you like if you like uh, Robert Christ, uh, the comedian the Christian comedian guy um, you know he's kind of had some Facebook uh, videos of him going around shopping and kind of you know being like a southern bell woman going around to the mall going like and quoting Bible verses against temptations to buy things you know just stuff yeah. like that you know but we do this um, but what we need to make sure is that we do this in the right context because you you somebody that has maybe touched on scripture or heard a sermon, they're going to be like, I've heard that phrase before and maybe it spurs them to go to the Bible and they're going to look up maybe that phrase. They're like, I think that 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 group of words sounds like they follow each other because it's in the Bible somewhere. We can go on Google, we can type in those words and then Bible Hub's going to be the first one that comes up saying like, well, here's the verse that it is. And so we need to be very careful because, you know, in this context, he said, we realize that we live and move and have our being in God. Well, we all know that. And that's what Paul appeals to in uh, Acts 17. They had an altar to the unknown God, though they didn't, as Gentiles, know God in the special relationship like Israel had. But the new covenant was covering the Gentiles and and including Gentiles. Um, Everybody does know that, and everybody does have They're living and and moving and they're being in God and it turns out into idolatry in some situations. And so, you know, we don't realize we have our living, like we already know that, but we just put our faith in the true God that does, you know, so, you know, we need to be very careful in our conversational talks that if we're going to utilize biblical verses as sentences, just in our talking, that we use that. Like we we consciously know that we're saying it in context, so once hopefully right. we're drawing people to Scripture, and then they get the right context, so we don't have a conflict. That's right. Yeah, you know, from the very beginning. So you know, this conversational Bible verse usage, very good thing, but it can be it could be done wrongly, and this is what's happening
2: here. And then that culminates one day in our resurrection and our glorification. Uh, we've used the verse in ephesians 2 8 quite a bit during this series for great for by grace you have been saved and the thing that we are emphasizing right now is through, through faith. faith not by faith because there's a kind of understanding of grace god. that Jeez. excludes yeah the so it's key moderation.
0: here because like what we need to understand if we're saved by grace what is grace and it's undeserved merit um, god said that he uh he has mercy. He mercies those he mercies, and he has compassion. He compassion's those he compassion's, and so whenever we say that we are saved by grace, it's a decision. And he talks about stuff like a force here, and so it's, it goes. Well, there's a key piece. Of I mean, I
1: haven't listened to every single piece yeah. of every single sermon, right? But yeah. if he's going to jump from Romans one sixteen to Ephesians two eight, like you've got to recognize just a few different things that are going on here. Yeah. Number one. Paul has already greeted the folks of the Church of Rome, already commended them for their faith, right? He's then going to begin to unpack a systematic theology about what it means to be dead in sin, to suppress the truth in unrighteousness. But if you jump over to Ephesians chapter 2, Paul has already said that you were dead once in your trespasses and sins. So if you're going to talk about faith, right, you have to recognize the foundation upon which, by grace, you are saved through faith actually comes. Again, you're not saved by faith you are saved by grace through Through faith faith. you can't add those words in there but you also have to have the correct view of humanity right Uh, I've used the word before and I think that it's a very good word a biblically grounded anthropology what is man man is a rebellious sinner why we're in Adam Adam turned in rebellion all of us are entered into this world in sin. In sin I was conceived, says David, right? You were dead in your trespasses and sins. So clear. You had no ability to respond to the gospel. Again, he's going to tell us in Romans 3, well, you were God-haters. Like, it's so clear. But there is this presupposition that Dr. Toe has, and it is human autonomy.
0: Yeah, and it's a tradition, and it's presupposed, and the thing about presuppositions is things they pop out. They will pop out and expose themselves, and you have to be very discerning, and how can you be very discerning is you have to study scripture and really, like listening. again, listening for those things that people say without pointing them out exegetically. If they say something that sounds like a Bible verse, look it up and make sure that he said it in the right context, and that's, again, we're going to see it pop up really horribly
2: faith by grace you're saved you have been saved through faith um so god gives us faith the bible says that to every man is given a measure of faith every, now, well, where does
0: it say that what does it say that he gives every man and i'm going to say that there is nowhere in scripture that it says that god gives every man faith okay and like I want to let me rewind that just a little bit. So we're at 4:43 right now. Let me see if I can rewind this because let's hear what how he uh handles this. This is this is like the major contention here. So let's go back a little bit to let's see 4:25. Four, okay, we're going we'll hit that again, but I just really want you guys to hear this.
2: Because there's a kind of understanding of grace that excludes the continual operation of faith. By grace, you're saved, you've been saved through faith. Um, So God gives us faith. The Bible says that to every man is given a measure of faith. Every one of us receive enough faith from God as a gift to make a choice to receive Christ as our personal Savior.
0: Dun, 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 tradition tradition and this is what he needs to repent of oh, i can't yeah i'm
2: said
0: that yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that again like this this really got me mm. he is feeding people pride and boasting in their salvation
1: well this is a implicitly key piece to me. i don't think he
0: wants to because and this is the inconsistency that we find with our baptist brothers our traditional baptist brothers is they don't want to say faith is a work, but they make it a work because That's it's right. a mental ascent to fast. Yes,
1: dude. Couldn't said it more better. Again, say it more so, and, this like, is, and I've
0: had sorry, this conversation. Sorry, I need to not move like, away from yeah, that. <laughs> what's, what's the difference between you and the unbeliever? Is it J- Jesus alone? Solus Christus? Or is By it? By faith through grace alone? Or is it the fact that you're smarter than the other person?
1: That's the key. And piece. I've had
0: it admitted to me. No, I was smarter than that person. I'm like, so why are you boasting?
1: So you were able so. to. So here's the thing even that argument reduces to a very serious problem. If it is, I looked at all the evidence, I measured it in my own mind, and I chose the right decision. Who gave you the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to choose? Wait
0: a second, there's going to be some people that didn't we do this Who? in your name? Who? Didn't we do the, all the. And what does Jesus say? I never knew him. you. And it's not the fact that he did not mentally know who you are because he created you. It's the fact that you're not in covenant with him.
1: But further, I don't want to jump away from yeah. something that I think was key. And you and I talked about this a yeah. little bit pre-show. Romans 12, 3. He is
0: paraphrasing yeah. Romans twelve three. So listen to this. Okay, so if you were, this is what got me as I had to go. Everyone's given a measure of faith to make a choice uh, as Jesus as their personal savior or not. And so I went, wait a second. That, what? Well, I know that uh there is specific words that are lumped together, which is he has given every one of you a measure of faith. So, you know, you can type that into Google. Bible Hub pops up. Yeah. I Romans do. twelve three Bingo. with a reference also in Ephesians four. Hmm. They're in the same context. But it's not the context to choose Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So let's read Romans 12 it says well, you and,
1: need to Romans 12 1 yeah, to 3 yeah. so let's I listen think is where you it need says, to go
0: therefore brothers and sisters he's addressing brothers and sisters and we know from First John that um, you're only a brother and sister if you believe in Christ
2: that's
0: so, correct he's not talking to unbelievers here and everybody in general he's talking to well the church he's in talking Rome, to the
1: church at Rome
0: the church in Rome and that's
1: the interesting thing because again he the way he builds the argument in Rome is he actually starts with Big picture, yeah, and then begins to funnel it, funnel down. it
0: down from the universals to the particulars. Piece. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah. Sorry, okay, go for but it. yeah,
0: but so you know, it says therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but the transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And then verse three. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ. So, what is the context? It's not cho- choosing God. You you're already a brother and sister. You're all you're ready to to worship God. You're you're saying Abba Father but because This has the nothing in to you.
1: do with salvation. No, this has His everything to do with the church. argument has nothing to do with salvation there. Yeah. It has everything to do because he begins continues on about how you have different jobs in the church. You are many members right you have gifts that differ according to the grace given us has nothing to do and again where does it start grace it starts with grace he's not talking about everyone is given a measure of faith for salvation yeah that is a vast eisegesis you can't do that and handle scripture correctly it's a serious problem you give people a false hope and you give people a false teaching now take it and compare it to to, to the yeah, so, same
0: thing with the ephesians it's a, so whenever you have ephesians you have this beautiful orthodoxy what to believe what to know especially about the church and its individuals the the holy ones the saints in ephesus is what it, who it's written to and it tells them of the particular redemption of christ particular redemption of Christ and how it flows into so the church, which the church becomes the multifaceted wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenlies. And then, after we have all this awesome teaching, all this awesome orthodoxy, what is to be believed? Then he brings it into practice or orthopraxy. So there's a switch in the way Paul talks, and he goes into what is the body of Christ, which is the same context as Romans 12. We are the body. Of Christ, we are already believers. We have been saved by grace through faith by Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, and this is according to Scripture alone. So we've got all five solas right here, right? But yeah, he says in uh, four seven, just a uh, you know, just continuing with. If you googled those words, this is what you'd find. Uh, now, grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Where it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive, and he gave gifts to people uh but what does say and then it goes down to um all the offices um so just like paul says in uh, romans 12 there he says by the grace that was given to me it was his office of apostle to teach not nothing faith, to do not not the personal savior faith. um sinner's prayer type of invitation type of faith or grace given so what we see in here in his sermon now he is conflated justification which is a declaration with sanctification and we agree we need to be justified we need to be sanctified and that's also in romans those he justifies he he glorifies right so that's that's just the golden chain of redemption and so but we can't conflate the walk with god after we're saved and declared righteous so we can say that we are saved and are being saved and will finally be saved there are three different connotations in that and people need to know that about salvation and they need to know that faith is a gift and that's the thing is he he if he's going to say faith is a gift because i've seen other people that go well it's actually the grace that's the gift it's not the faith so they can they, to hold the tradition you've got to go somewhere yes and you have to distort those words so here he's actually saying that faith is a gift which i applaud thank you for for believing that because i have a lot of baptist friends that don't believe, don't believe faith that. is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, like it, that, 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 uh, that's not what the verse says. But at least there's that. But if it is a gift, then we have to figure out, you have to exegete how it is that we exercise faith to be born again, which then, I mean, he's going to get into John 3 and we'll go with them here in a second. But, you know, this is just, this is tautology. This is not making sense if you read the text. So, again, You've got to be careful what you say. This is how
1: you, I loved how you said one time, hey, look, I can proof text too. Yeah. Right? Like, two things. This is why it is very, very hard to teach and preach a topical
0: sermon. Yes. So he says, again, he says this is a Bible study. This is not a Bible study. This is a
1: grab a Bible verse here to support my idea that actually isn't even found in the text that I'm using. That is a problem. He knows better. He has a min. He has a doctorate degree in ministry. He should know better. Right? He really should. When we've sat across from uh, the pastor from the venues and Phil, same thing. You know better. Like, if you don't, mail your degree back. Like, that's yeah. where I am.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that
1: sounds mean,
0: but like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, this is, but yeah, this is just what he had to do. He, he believes that faith is a gift, which he's right on, but then to be able to say, well, if it is a gift, then everybody has to have it or else it's not fair, which then again, that, that, that destroys the meaning of grace. Exactly. Grace doesn't have to be fair. It's undeserved and you can't demand it. Yeah. So uh, this is just the atrociousness of autonomous man trying to inject himself into the scripture. And so, this is just the tradition. This is what that comes out of. And, you know, just just understanding like how things work. Now, see, here's one of the things that I see
1: happen in these individuals, right? And and they don't actually mean
0: to do this,
1: right? And um,
0: again, whatever's been poured into you is going to come out on somebody else.
1: When this happens, there is an individual responsibility Mm -hmm. that rests on the center that you actually. I think you actually devalue, yeah. right? Remember, just go to Acts, uh, where it says, again, Acts 2, as many were appointed for salvation believed, but there were people who were responsible for not believing, right? Yeah. The oh, message yeah. went out. They heard it. When you play this game of, well, everyone has a measure of faith, then actually the responsibility calls on God
0: for not giving them more faith, or making it sufficiently clear enough for you. Bingo. Them. Yeah. So then you do, then, do you see and then that, liberal that theology a comes out and then you start questioning the Bible and you yep. start questioning or, all that stuff.
1: Or yeah. again, I you know I get, I, get, I go to to Acts uh, thirteen uh thirteen to fourteen where Paul is preaching and the Jews don't believe and he's like, "Hey, it's on you. You've you've cast this judgment on yourself, right? There is." Within man, a responsibility that all of us have to respond to the gospel. When you play this game of, well, they just didn't have enough faith, what you're really saying is God just didn't do a good enough job. Yeah. And that is the reverse of what you're actually wanting to say.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally makes sense. But, I mean, it's going to end up being irrational because it doesn't line up with what Scripture says. So, you're going to find irrationality once you leave that. And we'll find the
1: same thing, right? And again, this is going to be so... When we deal with Doctor Howe
0: yeah. and Mister Tucker,
1: so what you're really saying, guys, is we just couldn't communicate the gospel clear enough. Gotcha. We couldn't come up with the right arguments to appeal to their natural reason. Right? That's not. That's not in Scripture. That's not where it's found. And I look yeah. forward to getting to that. But I just <laughs> wanted to touch on that.
0: Tale of Two Richards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guess so, we gotta call this that.
2: Yeah. God gives us enough faith to do that. He does not make the choice for us. Yes, he He lets us make that choice.
0: He has to make the choice because if you would stay in Romans, everybody knows God and they suppress the truth and unrighteousness and they don't care. They're in bondage to sin. And that's the problem is, so now we have the, you know, pre-fall and post-fall thing conflated somewhere and it's going to be in the intellect of man and it's the same thing again as dave has pointed out with the whole apologetic method discussion is we believe
2: the, the Bible teaches
0: yeah, the the bible teaches Crazy. yeah the bible teaches that we will not accept the things of god because we are god haters and the intellect has been damaged by sin and is a part of the ethical nature it acts because of the person. The person reasons, or the person acts according to their nature, which is in sin and enslavement to sin, and they love it, and they don't want the things of God.
2: So we can choose to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, or we can choose not to put our faith in Him. We don't have to and choose that. that. Means well, we, yeah.
1: we don't have to choose that. That's the problem. Yeah. We don't have to choose not to put our faith in Jesus. No, that's how you—that's what false we're doing dichotomy. Already.
0: Yeah, and so again, here's where the covenant theology can come in and teach you. That's been imputed to us because it was Adam and Eve who were our covenantal, or Adam was our covenantal head, and because he broke covenant with God, we are underneath that. So that explains, like the covenantal nature of things explains original sin in a way. This guy, he could never explain original sin because he's forgetting the covenant
1: and, and the legal ramifications among so many individuals, traditionalists in particular, they want to pretend like you are existing uncondemned. Yeah. So here's the problem with it fundamentally, so often is, you're not just floating in the, uh, in the atmosphere waiting for the option to choose Christ. Yeah. You were born under the curse of the law Yes. And you were already
0: guilty. You don't you don't become a sinner once you sin. You are a sinner and therefore you sin. That's our nature. That's a part of it. That's why Jesus came. That's because we can't do it at all. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. If we can come to these conclusions with our mind, we don't need the Holy Spirit. We don't need the word. This is why, you know, if 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 we can go to God through natural revel or through natural theology, Excuse me, it's not natural revelations, natural theology to them. There's there's a distinction. Yes, um, but if we can do that, then why do we need scripture and why do we need the Holy Spirit if we are so powerful enough in our in ourselves to get to God? Exactly. Everything is going to exclude boasting. There's a reason for the Spirit. There's a reason why He asked to renew, have your mind renewed because it was enslaved. There's a reason why Jesus said, if the Son says you're free, you're free indeed. What are you freed from? Oh wait, I was in bondage? Oh wait, everything but my intellect was in bondage. You're trying to find one little piece that is yours, and you have to come to God empty handed and he will crush you for that purpose to where you come to him dependent.
1: The problem is, and I would say those who advocate for a classical apologetic system fall into the same problem. The Dr. Toe does,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the idea is that the curse did not impact the mind yeah. all the way.
0: Yep. and they it's They have yeah. to by necessity. And in, and in, 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 in Dr. Toe's case so far, it's based on, not out of context, eisegesis. Um, yeah. Because if he wants to, and I'm sure he's wanting to be scripture alone here.
1: Yeah. I'm I don't want to attack
0: him like that, but what he's done is he's repeated something so much that it's just come out unchecked. And he's now... Gave it to his congregation and they're, yes, yes, you know, they're, they're, unless if they check and, and I, I, you know, this is from 2016, so maybe somebody's hopefully pointed it out, but apparently not because I saw this shared anew just last week. So apparently it must still be something that is being taught, something that's presupposed amongst the congregation. And yeah, it needs to be dealt with and that's why we're doing this, but let's continue right on. on.
2: We're either putting our faith in ourself, or we're putting our faith in some kind of false God or something. Um, John 3.16, for Both. God so that, loved but the world. Putting faith in ourself
1: and putting faith in a false God is the same thing. Yeah. Just going yeah, <laughs> to throw and that you know, out there, there. There's
2: a
0: distinction, but not, I mean, like, there's distinctions to be made, but no matter what, what's false is false and either you are God or you project yourself onto the creation because you are built to worship and you've got to worship something. That's basically Romans, again, that we're going to be dealing with. Um, but yeah, let's uh, switch over to John 3 just for fun, and here we go.
2: Verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, what, Believe. believes in him,
0: the believing ones, that the believing ones
2: yes
1: <laughs>
0: will have so eternal life
2: well should not perish but have everlasting life amen you I believe in that.
0: that I'm just gonna say here again every every I'm a Calvinist and I' 100% agree with John 316 so yeah, yeah. I,
1: I will say it irks me I've had people do it within the last year say oh, you don't really believe in John 3:16. Seriously?
0: I do. I believe all the believing ones have eternal life and that Jesus died. Yeah. Um And he reconciles the world, which even the world there, um, you know, he actually reconciles the physical stuff. Yeah. The world will be renewed. We live on a new heavens or we live on a new earth, he- heavens and a new earth, new heavens, new earth. We live on the new earth. Heaven is not at the real. He's going to deal with and reconcile the whole earth. That's the beauty of the gospel. So he's in covenant even with, the thing is if you look in the Old Testament, he's even in covenant with the inanimate stuff we see. That's right. He has a covenant with the day and a covenant with the night. So covenant can be very important here and it needs to be stressed.
2: People to make the decision to be born again, but it...
0: the decision to be born again, where is that in the text? It says something about how the wind blows where it pleases and the, you hear it sound, but you don't know uh, where it comes from or where it is going. So it is within everyone born of the spirit. Yeah. Sounds well, like the, uh, yeah, that. Jump, jump. To, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. John three, three. Yeah. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus asked verse four. Nicodemus said to him. How can a man be born when he is old? And one enter it a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Notice he doesn't say unless one chooses to be born again. Not there. Yeah. Then the key piece that you just read there, verse six.
0: Yeah, whatever is born of the whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. So in your flesh, you don't get to choose. Bingo. You don't choose at all. Now, do you come and declare that Jesus is Lord? Yes, you do. And is it is it a change of mind? Yes, but it is not centered on your choice. You do not get to go, "God, I want to be born again."
1: And it's so key that Jesus is emphasizing the authority of God in salvation in verse 8, like the wind blows. His analogy is demonstrating you don't got no control over that.
0: Yeah. God has control over that. Mm-hmm. And so, like the wind, so it is with everyone born of the spirit. And so, what we really need to understand, too, is this has to be exegeted, and he is not exegeted John 3 at all in this text. He just used what he needed to prove his straw man point. There you go. Um, but, you know, the, the, the big deal is, is this is Nicodemus, What was he charged with here? It says, uh, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform these signs, um, perform these signs you do unless, uh, God were with him. So he's believing signs. He's believing evidences. What does Jesus say? He says, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This Um, is in contrast. This is antithetical to evidences. There you go. So, Nicodemus was only believing signs. And yes, he knows somewhat from the scriptures that only somebody from God can do these things, but he's not believing in Christ yet here. Yeah. So, how can anyone uh, be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked him, and he said... Can he either be, or, or can he enter his, so we just went through that. Um, but what is he charged with here? He says, so how can these things be, asked Nicodemus, and this is verse 9 and 10. Are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus held him accountable to the scriptures. He should have known. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they were held accountable to the scriptures and to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they should have known. He should That's exactly what he He says, uh, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I were have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Nicodemus is in the flesh and he's getting called out. Yes. You can't discern these things. You can't see the kingdom of God. You need to be born again. And again, this is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. You don't work it. You don't get to choose. And you're not going to choose because you hate the light and avoid it. But if you are given the light, if you are given faith, you oh, recognize yeah. that everything, again, at the end of John 3, is done in God.
1: There's a whole lot about Jesus being the light in John's gospel, yeah. by the way. Same. Yeah, and
0: this is uh, the eternal Jesus right here, too. Yes. It starts out from the eternal. So, you got a Jesus in toto, universal Eternal Jesus, here. That's a, you know, that John is bringing out in here. So let's continue. Got a few more minutes.
2: Is that word believe? something that continues after isn't it when i get born again i step into something that is a new life that i continue in and one of my concerns that i have and that i'm trying to address in this message is a kind of thinking that says i have this one experience one day of my life i i pray a prayer i go through this
0: okay yeah this is pretty much uh you know he yeah, you can watch the whole sermon and stuff, but, you know, everything that, that he says that it makes the points, I mean, we can't go through this all, the whole thing, but this, this what we just went through was the precursor to the whole sermon. And so, so he, if you yeah. start with these things at the very beginning and poison the well with everything, it'll poison everything else. And so, yeah, so we dealing with these few little things in this sermon, it doesn't even matter what he says in the rest of the sermon.
1: So, Dr. Toe, we would love to engage you on yeah. this. I have called you on the phone. I have sent you a message. We invite you on, not in a mean way. We invite you on as a brother in Christ to address these issues. In fact, um, if you, we can do a discussion dialogue. You can show us where we have misrepresented you or misrepresented scripture, but we are called according to uh, James chapter 3, verse 1, to hold elders to a higher standard, and uh, we are holding you to that standard, brother, uh, because we believe that what you teach does have an impact on people's understanding of God, and the worst thing that we can do is lead people astray, uh, in my mind, according to what God has said. Uh, So, you're invited to come on, you're invited to demonstrate what we have done is either a misrepresentation of you. Or you can kind of defend your position that, uh, yeah, that everyone every, has yeah. a measure of faith. Yeah, uh, so, we would so engage we get, you in, in a debate, yeah. a dialogue, whatever you want. But yeah. you really should. You've put this out into the public. You've made it clear that this is what the Bible says, according to you. Defend it. It's in the public. Publicly defend it.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things that again we consider you a brother. Um, we do not want to be divisive, but we do mm. want to reconcile. And That's this right. is egregious what you've done with the text. Unless if you can show us that we're actually being egregious with the text, that we are not rightfully we're dividing teachable. the word. We're teachable. And so let's have the conversation. Let's work it out because I care about you and I definitely care about your congregation. And sir, this is a very personal issue for me too. Oh yeah. And I don't want to you know, get into the details, but this is a very personal issue that I care about. Mm-hmm. And uh, if this is the kind of stuff that you do with other um, doctrines and other teaching it like this is very personal for me so yeah. <laughs> with that said you know that please let's talk um and so that your congregation can know that you care about rightfully dividing the word and ha- and, and and giving it to them so that they can go out and be disciples that make disciples mm-hmm. and we can't you know have this stuff propagated so um so yeah i think uh we're coming up on our time anyway uh for the day but uh we'll continue the discussion we didn't, we we didn't hope, get our meme we didn't get the meme hey in, i didn't but know that it was gonna, gonna add, i didn't
1: know we were gonna spend that much time there but yeah. i'm glad we did yeah. i'm glad we get to do deep dives it's yeah it's cool it's fun yeah
0: i like getting into scripture and i like uh you know just you know that i've been corrected in my life me and too there's things that need to be corrected and that's what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters and that's what again this podcast is about you know a We've got to defend the faith to each other. We've got to defend our unbelief. We've got to defend a, defend our wrong things that we believe amongst each other as we are being sanctified in the word. So that's also apologetics as well um, from brother to brother. So um, with that said, this is the Tag it Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And Zoli. Deo. Gloria.